I just thought about something that was changing the atmosphere a little while ago when I came and I brought you that really tough news. It affected us, it affected each one of us to receive that news and turn things. And I thought about when did we get to a place where bad news isn't appropriate for the church? This is the place where we deal with bad news and bad circumstances. Church is a healing place, a helpful place for hurting people. And I'm glad we had to give that news today that we at least were here together to receive it, to deal with it. Glad you weren't sitting at home by yourself when you got that news. I understand it's difficult getting bad news. Even in this time of year, maybe especially this time of year is hard because everybody wants happy for the holidays. But I, I bet if I ask you to slip your hand up and ask you, how many of y'all got some hurts that go on during the holidays? Raise your hand. Yeah, me. How many of you get to the holidays and find that it's a struggle getting there because of circumstances in life? Yeah, that's normal. But that's even more reason for us to learn how to celebrate the right way. Because of those struggles and because of those hurts, we can't get lost in the trappings of what they say Christmas is. We gotta know what it is for ourselves. That's why last week we started this Advent series entitled The Gifts of Christmas. And we're talking about unwrapping those gifts. Last week we unwrapped the gift of hope. Talked about what hope actually is. True hope and how do we get there. This week we're moving on to another gift of Christmas that we can celebrate during Advent. Advent is this unique Christian celebration. It takes place the four Sundays preceding Christmas Eve. and It gives us the unique perspective of being able to look back at the anticipation those believers have had before Christ was born, to be able to look at our present circumstances and celebrate what Christmas means right now Christ's birth means right now and then we get through Advent the ability to look forward so it's one celebration that gives us a past present and future look of what the Christmas season is all about and this week the one I want to concentrate on the the the, the gift that comes out of this season I want to concentrate on is underpinned by perhaps the most familiar scripture in the Bible. All believers know the scriptures. John, starting at verse, I mean in chapter 3, starting at verse 16. You know this scripture. You know this scripture. Just about all of us can quote this scripture. Even if you, even if you don't know the exact chapter and verse, you know the, the language of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to go down to the 18th verse, just for your hearing, even if not in all support of this message. I know the 16th verse is going to support our message, but 
I just want you to hear all of it because too often we just stop at the 16th verse and we don't get the full context of it. John wrote, starting at verse 16, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. Verse 18, people who believe in God's son are not judged guilty. Those who do not believe have already been judged guilty because they have not believed in God's one and only son. Yeah, God didn't come here to condemn. Jesus didn't come here to condemn us. His sole mission was to save us. All we need to do, Cam, is just believe. Just believe. So I don't know if you've ever looked at it before. I've told you time and time again that there's one imperative in the Bible, one imperative in our Christian walk, one thing we must do regularly. It has to be top of mind in all our activities. One thing, and that is to love each other. Love one another. That's what we have to do. Why? Because at its essence, this is a love story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Bible is a love story. It's the best love story you've ever come into contact with. If you learn it properly, then you'll see it's just a God trying to get people to believe in him and his son. That's all the Bible is and how he tried over and over and over and over again to just get people to love him unconditionally like he has loved us. And this scripture points us directly to the core of the relationship. For God so loved. It can't be any plainer than that. What would Christmas be without songs and carols that remind us of the season? We love Christmas songs. We even make activities out of singing Christmas songs. We go on journeys through our community, bringing Christian Christmas cheer to people. And all we really do is stand there and sing songs to them. And we invite people out to choral ensembles, and all we do is sing Christmas cheer to them. We make songs. All the major artists eventually got to put out a Christmas album to show your bona fides. Even rappers got to put out Christmas albums and talk about Santa Claus coming to the ghetto. And I mean, they got to put it out there. But I bet I got something for you that's going to trip you up. Many of y'all know these Christmas songs, but do you know the predominant thing in most of these songs is love? Yeah, the predominant thing. In fact, I can tell you some of the best Christmas songs that you know have come from a theme of love. I guarantee you. I'm going to see. 
If you know some of these songs, see if you got that first one on there, if you can hit that first one. Yeah, just, yeah, see if you can do it. I, it's on the spot. I just put him on the spot, but if he can do it. What's the song? What's the song? Let it snow. Now see, see. Yeah, I don't care what's happening outside. Just let it, let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. All right, all right, all right, all right. If you don't know that that's about love, you ain't grown enough yet. All right. Yeah. How about that next? That next one. That next one. You know, you know. I, I put him to the test on this, but I, I got confidence in it. Hang on the mistletoe. I'm gonna get to know you better. When? <laughs> this Christmas, and as we trim the tree, how much fun it's going to be together. And I don't know if you can get the next one. It's kind of old. I mean, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but if I if I tell y'all, bells will be ringing, the glad glad news. <laughs> oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. My baby's gone. I have no friends. I don't know Ooh, once again, wise will be singing silent night, Christmas carol by candlelight. Please come home for Christmas. Please come home for Christmas. If not for Christmas, by New Year's night. Come on now, y'all know that song. Nothing but love, nothing, nothing, nothing but love in all those songs. And then if you don't know none of them songs, you know, all right, this last one, everybody knows. I don't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> There's just one thing I need.
Absolutely. And like I said, if Christmas is not about anything else, it's about love. And hidden in the messages of most of the songs that we've been listening to is simply somebody pining for somebody else. Yeah, but that's true of the core message of Christmas, too. It's about love. Let me tell you this. I bet you didn't know this. In 2014, an American wedding, wedding study was conducted by Brides Magazine. And researchers found that 19% of all engagements happen on Christmas Eve. I know this is true because I was engaged on Christmas Eve. It's true. It's true. Got down on my knee on a cold day in December in Macon County and asked her to be my bride. And all these years later, she's still saying yes. That's important to me. But apparently it's important to a lot of other people, too. Plus, you know, you ain't got about but one Christmas present when you get a ring like that. I mean, I'm just telling you, I ain't had no money anyway. I was buying a ring on layaway. I almost got it paid off now, y'all. <laughs> Three more easy payments, bro. Yes, I don't even know. I don't even know if Lord's Jewelers is still open, but they still taking my money. <laughs> Keep wearing it, baby. It'll shine. <laughs> Christmas Eve is the most popular day for engagements, even more popular than Valentine's Day. In fact, if you want to know, the order is, 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 Christmas, is Christmas Eve, followed by Christmas Day, followed by New Year's Day, and then Valentine's Day comes in fourth for people to get engaged. So there's nothing... Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong, and apparently it's very popular to celebrate love during this time. Something about the, the atmosphere that can bring us into a space of happiness and expectation, bring us into a, I guess I can say it the way my Uncle Larry said it from time to time, you get a case of the can't help it at Christmas time. People you wouldn't ordinarily pay attention to or might not even speak to at other times of the year. You simply find yourself during Christmas, you just can't help it. And you start being a little bit more friendly. Anyway, it's the true spirit of Christmas. Love is the true spirit of Christmas that binds us during this season. And so I'm asking you, I want you not to miss the true spirit of the season. Don't get caught up in the trappings that people tell you represent, look, represent this season. They don't. This is all about a God who loved his creation and how he sent proof of that love in a package that was unfamiliar and unexpected, and that is his only begotten son wrapped in human flesh. That's what this season is all about. Love's been his design from the very beginning. He created Adam and Eve because he wanted companionship in the garden. God, people say God made Adam and Eve because God was lonely. Well, lonely is a human, is a human concept. And God can't get lonely. Plus the God as we know it is triune. And so even by human standards, there are three of them. All right, but, but that's not what happened. God simply desired the companionship. 
of us. And so he created us, but he expected that we would have the same desire for companionship for him. He expected that. And so he gave us the thing that's been tripping us up for a long time, Mason, and that's free will, free choice. And too often, instead of choosing God, we've chosen other things. We've made gods out of other things. We've allowed other situations to distract us. God's love for Adam and Eve is what made them. God's love for Noah is what allowed him to save Noah's family. You go back through the Bible and those situations all, while they're famous Bible stories, cut underneath the meaning and you'll find that God was simply trying to say, I love you. Think about it. The earth was horrible, so horrible that God thought it needed to be destroyed and start over. He was going to destroy it by water, but he loved his creation so much that he was willing to find a man so that he wouldn't destroy the entire race. And look, this is what I love about it. Noah wasn't perfect. So God wasn't, look, there's no perfect man, save one, but God wasn't looking for perfection. He was simply looking for obedience. Somebody who was going to do what he told him to do and be obedient to his plan. And that was Noah, and he saved him. So the story is wonderful, but it's not about a feeling. A feeling. Because don't let me run down and tell you that some of us have gotten messed up on a feeling. I feel like I'm in love. Before we actually knew what love really was. The story of God sending his son to come to be with us proves how much he's willing to give just, just for you. and proves how much his son was willing to sacrifice just to be with us as well. Think about this now. Jesus was willing to leave everything in heaven to come and be with us. The creator was so in love with us that he was willing to become us in order to lead us back to the place where he was. That's love. Willing, think about that now, willing to become what he created to lead that creation back to the place that he came from. That's love. And this is the second gift of Christmas that he has given to us. Hope is the first. And so when we talk about the love of God, the love of God, I don't know how many of you grew up proper in Birmingham, but I can remember getting up in the morning and the Reverend Erskine Fosh would be on the radio. And you knew it was time to get up in the morning when you turned the radio on and you heard James Cleveland singing, The love of God. Now, my goodness, that song reverberated so much. In fact, I was a little scared of it. 
to be honest with you, I'm like, this is some serious singing right here going on. But Erskine Fosh would play that song. And so I started researching that song just a little bit because I didn't know, honestly, honestly, I didn't know it was, Ers it was uh, James Cleveland singing for a while. And I researched it and found one of the original recordings on YouTube. Uh, and I listened to it, and that same old familiar, scary feeling just came up again. <laughs> and, and I found out from listening to that song that apparently it was a staple of AM radio all over the country. Yeah, not just Erskine Foss was playing it, but AM DJs all over the country, and perhaps some of them were in syndication, and so it was playing all over the country. But because people from around the country would say the same thing, oh, we knew we were late for school if that song was playing. Or, and I think about the commonality of the experience we have, even without knowing it, in certain areas, how things are so similar, without us even knowing we're listening to the same. I'm listening to the same stuff they're listening to in Detroit, and listening to the same stuff they're listening to in Cincinnati, without even knowing about it. And God has a way of doing that, doesn't he? Just letting us all know what he wants us to know. But but to, to, to wake up in the morning and be reminded of not, not phileo love, not, not that, but the love of God is what we get up in the morning thinking about. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so you know it's got to be something different than our love. And I'm not saying the way James Cleveland sang it. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is we're talking about a higher standard of, of love when God is in the mix. We know that if he loves us, it's got to have something pure in it. Yeah, there's no, there's no extra, no negativity in God's love. There is with us. We have conditional love. We love folk because they love us. In fact, we stop loving folk when they don't love us sometimes. And so one must ask the question, was that really love? Can you just stop loving someone? And I would posit this to you. The answer is no. In fact, that's what happens with a lot of folk. They love some folk so hard that it's hard to stop that relationship when it no longer exists. And it's a struggle. Some people never get over it, and some people struggle with giving, getting over it. I, I read, you read time after time of people who are later in life who keep talking about their first love and how they've gone through and they've had a marriage in between and had children with somebody else, but then they ran into their first love again. And I wonder, what is the nature of that kind of love? And so today, as we concentrate on the second gift of Christmas, if we were gonna light an Advent candle, we would be lighting the Advent candle of love. Have you been able to unwrap it in, in seasons past? Have you truly laid down and explored the fact that you are loved by someone you cannot see, who does things for you you do not understand, who is always moving in your best interest? There's someone out there who loves you unconditionally. God is the one. Have you accepted and appreciated that level of love? And so let's go right back to that scripture 
Because the first part of understanding this in the Christmas season is reading John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Yeah. The depth of his love for you is evidence key by what he was willing to give to you. The depth of it. He so loved us that he was willing to give us the best that heaven could afford. He could have, in his salvation story, salvific story, sent us the top angel. He could have. He could have said, you're that important, I'm going to send my top angel. And my top angel is dispatched to secure salvation for you. He could have done that. He could have he could have sent any manner of heaven's creation for our benefit. But he thought you were worth the best that heaven had. And so he, if we say, Tam, looked around heaven and found that the best he could afford was what he loved the most in heaven, and that was his only begotten son. And he said, to really make them understand how much I love them, son, I need you to go get them. That's what he did with Jesus. And watch this. He said, but it's going to have a twist in the story. I'm not sending you down there as this anointed Jesus in heaven with me right now. I'm sending you down there the way they come into existence. Hold on now. Yeah, you got to make the journey the way they make the journey. Yeah, just as they start, I, I read it the other day, just as every one of them starts out coming through a uterus, you do too. Yeah. You got to go the way they go. Why? Because I want you to have the whole human experience. And it starts with a mother. That's how you get there. Because there's something about the way we're born and the attachment we have to our mother. Think about it now. The one, the one person we know that was with him from beginning to end in the story that we know is his mom. It's his mama. And so... Jesus accepted. I mean, I don't know what the bargaining was, but Jesus accepted, and he came. There you go. That's the first thing. If you're going to write something down, you got to do what Jesus did. You got to accept the love that God has given to us. Have you done that? When somebody gives you something, it doesn't have full effect until you accept it. Has anybody ever given you a gift that you left sitting there? Didn't have enough meaning or value to you. So you just left it sitting there. Just left it sitting there. I can tell you, some of you work in organizations that are supported by outside corporations. It's not unusual at the Christmas season for those corporations to send you gifts. They send them to the office. Some of them you look forward to, you know. I remember when I was at family court, I would get so many, 
so many things into the office at Christmas time. Glenwood would send us the buckets of pecans that they used, they give out, they'd send them to us, all the judges would get them every year. And then we'd get trays of cookies. Law firms would send us trays of cookies. All of us, each office would get, you know, so many trays of cookies. Y'all, I didn't just grow up like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> now, I know I could have said no. No, seriously. You get them in your area now, you know, nurses, you know, the, the, uh, in nursing station uh, now, the, the folk who sell Similac will send, those companies will send uh, uh, trays of food up to it. But it doesn't mean anything if the gift comes up to your area and you don't accept it. Now, I tell you, a lot of that stuff has changed now because the law has said we can't receive all that stuff. Yeah, can't receive anything over $25 in value, cumulative over the year. Can't receive it. And so, and I can tell you this, a lot of those gifts that they would give exceeded $25 in value when they would send them. But sometimes they were doing it, look, giving something to you to get something from you. That's purpose. That's purpose. But I came to tell you that a gift unaccepted doesn't really amount to a gift for you at all. And so many of you have still, maybe not in this room, I may have a room full of acceptors in this room, but somebody in this room hasn't accepted the gift of Jesus Christ. Somebody in this room doesn't know that God loved them enough, not just in this room, in the cyber room as well. You don't know that God loved you enough to give you his best, and you haven't accepted that gift yet. And if you have accepted it, then you've done it perhaps in your heart, but you've never made a public acknowledgement that you've accepted the gift. Boy, I met a girl when he was in school. And he silently fell in love with her. And he pined for her to care for him day after day. And they got older and she seemed not to notice him. And then days turned into months and he was so shy he never approached her to say anything. Came down to the last time they were in school for senior celebrations. And somehow he mustered up the courage to say to her how much he cared for her and in fact had secretly fallen in love with her. And she said to him, I've been feeling the same way about you too. In my heart, I've loved you too. But neither one of them ever made a public acknowledgement to the other about how they felt towards one another. And think about all those times and days that went by. All the lost affection, all the lost celebration, simply because they never said, I do. And watch this now. When you don't make that public acknowledgement, it gives other folk the option to come in. And that's what's happening in your life because you haven't told anybody else, I'm in love with Jesus. 
then it leaves the door open for other folk to come in and try to get your attention. And you start fighting off battles you wouldn't have to fight off if you simply tell folk, I love Jesus. And some of you are fighting battles in your life simply because one, you won't accept his love, and two, you won't let anybody know that you've accepted his love. Because watch this now, the person who's trying to get to you may talk to me first and say, I know she don't look like she with nobody. I never seen her walking with somebody, but when they talk to me, I can say, oh, no, 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 no. She's in a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> That's going to put them on their heels. In other words, I can help you sometime by blocking for you. All right? If you say something about it. But if you don't say anything, then I don't know what your intentions are. I know that some of you love the Lord simply because of how you act. But every now and then, you got to say something and let somebody know what's going on. So no matter what the challenges are in your life, guess what? Jesus loves you. God loves you. And I love this, and I'll say this to you about what I said about Noah. God loved Noah, and Noah wasn't perfect. Some of you think that God can't love you because you got stuff going on in your life. There's not a human being who does not have something going on in their life. God's not waiting on the day that you wake up perfect before he announces his love for you. He loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. No matter what man says, no matter how man categorizes the issues you may have, God loves you. He loves you. What are you doing about it? No matter what your challenges are or your hurts are, you are not unlovable because someone already loves you. Wherever you are on your journey, young or old, it doesn't matter if you're just hearing this because God loves you. So the first thing you got to do is accept his love. Accept it. And guess what happens when you do? His love can heal. Oh, yeah. His love can bind. God's love can start binding old wounds you have in your life. That unforgiveness you have because someone hurt you, the love of God has a salve-like component to it. It can cover over hurts you have if you let the true love of God into your life. Not only that, God can pour over some of those holes you have in your memory. And he can give you a true feeling of what it feels like to be in a relationship. And because of that, you don't let your hurt predominate in your life. Because you know that love is better than what you've been experiencing. But you got to accept his love in order to feel that. Not only that, not only that, Bobby, you can feel God's protection when he's around you. If you love him. And he knows it. God's obligated to take care of you. The Bible tells us, and, and we say all the time, he'll fight your battles for you. You know why? Because he's our protector. But he needs for you to accept. Accept the love that he's given. And not only that, when you start experiencing his love, that's the second thing. You accept his love, and once you accept it, you start experiencing his love. What does that mean when you experience his love? 
during the season of Advent, you can start to understand and accept and appreciate what having the true love of God means in your life. Now, you can be distracted by things that go on, the bells and whistle and whistles and tinsel and all that can distract you. But I wonder if you know that love in your life for real can overcome hatred. There are some people who are struggling in this season with darkness in their life, depression, because they don't feel loved by anyone. But when you start to experience the love of God, it's amazing. I can't tell you how it happens. Maybe when you get to heaven, God will take you on a behind-the-scenes tour and show you how his love lifted the, the veil of darkness in your life. But I came to tell you that it can do it. It can do it. We're not the first generation of people to have depression and problems of that nature. We're simply one of the first generations that does not have a problem talking about it publicly and have resources available to us, which is why I'll talk about it, I'll pound it from now on, because nobody should have to live alone and struggle with those issues. Nobody should have to feel like they're by themselves. If your family don't understand, you got a church family to understand. If your family doesn't understand, you got a God who loves you and understands, but you got to talk about some issues sometimes and let folk know what's going on. I know you sometimes feel overwhelmed by life, and that can help you, keep you from feeling loved. And that's why talking about it will allow you to experience a love on a level that you've never known. For the songwriter said, I never knew love like this before. That was another love I had, but I didn't know love like this. And this love has made the difference. Why? Because God's song, you can probably hear it in the halls of heaven all the time when you get in there, you hear that tune and you say, I know that tune. And the tune is, I love you just the way you are. Just the way you are. I didn't come to you and ask you to change and be something you aren't. No, I want you to grow, but I'm not going to stop loving you because you haven't gotten to that point in your life yet. And so he gives us his son as a down payment on his love. Yeah. He gives us as earnest on a trip to heaven. You accept the love of Jesus Christ, and that's the earnest for you to get into heaven. And look, nothing here can stop you from having that relationship. I know I'm right. It's not something I came up with. I'm not bright enough to come up with this concept, except the Spirit of God tells me that there's nothing on this side of heaven that can block me from getting onto my heaven ride once I've accepted the love of Christ. And if it was not so, Paul wouldn't have written it in Romans. And Paul said in Romans, for I'm convinced that there's nothing. And then he went down the line and, and made a list of the stuff that we think blocks us from loving other folk. He said, I'm convinced that neither death Whoa, not death, nor life. There's nothing on this side that can stop me from being in a relationship with God once I'm in love with him because he's already in love with me. There's nothing when I've accepted the love of God. I'm talking about real love. 
Real love. Nothing can block me from that relationship. Not just death, not just life, not angels, not demons. None of this can stop me. And, it, and I love this, Reg. He said, nothing in the present, nothing in the future, nothing's coming down the pipe to stop me from being able to love him. Nothing I did yesterday. I could have been the most raggedy person in the community. But nothing can stop me from experiencing that love. There's no powers. There's no height. There's no depth. There's nothing in all, in all creation, Paul wrote, that will be able to separate me from the love of God. Watch, there it is again. From the love of God. And that love is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's powerful. I got to accept it. Once I accept it, I got to learn how to experience this love. And then here we go. I started out talking about it. I've been talking about it all day to you. It's been in my spirit all day. And I came to tell you this one thing I do. <laughs> Once I know that God loves me, once I've experienced the love of God, you better watch out. I need to be sharing it. I need to be sharing God's love. I can't get it and hold it and sit on it and stop anybody else from getting it because there's some folk out there who need to know what I know. And when I love folk enough, I let them know I found a good thing. Who is going to find something good from the Lord and not share it with their brother? Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's the Bible right there. When the disciples found Jesus Christ, the first thing they did was run and told their brothers and say, come on. We've been fishing, but we've been fishing for the wrong thing. Come on, I found something. I caught something. Come on, right now I got to tell you, and if I got the good news, what kind of love do I have for you if I don't share it with somebody else? And if I have love for my community, what am I doing not sharing the love of God? with them. If I love this community, if I love these children in this community, what am I doing? Not letting them know that your mom and daddy might not be up to snuff right now, but somebody loves you. They might not be protecting you like they should, but somebody loves you. Can I tell you right now that many of youth group transported a child through their adolescence safely? The only thing they had to look forward to was coming to church. Because home was hell. Everybody in the house was messed up, but I could remember Fridays when I came to the church and folk would show me they love you. I could remember Sundays. That's why I kept all my Sunday school cards, because they meant something to me. You might not see it, but what you do makes a difference when you share the love of God. And how, how does that manifest itself? It's not always at church. All the work we do can't be at church. You need to know who them kids are running through your backyard. Stop fussing at them because they leave your gate open. Talk to them. Oh, y'all know who I'm talking about. Them kids running. They running from your dog, yeah, but get them to learn the dog. Bring them in. Talk to them. Sit them down. Make them a ham sandwich. Find out who they are. Let them know you care about them. Because the one you ignore today is going to be coming through your house when you ain't there tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, they see you bringing all them boxes in. They know what a PlayStation look like. You bought for your grandkids, but they don't ever see no grandkids over there for real. Uh, 
You think I'm gonna sit down the street from you all these years? I ain't got nothing in here but some jacks and a rick rack. And you sitting up in your house with all the PlayStations and TVs and everything. Every now and then, I'm coming through there to play with it. But if you love them, invite them in. Fix them something to drink, something to eat. Let them know you ain't got to take it from here. You can come here and play with it anytime you want to. You can come here. Why? Because I love you enough for that. Share the love. Some of y'all sitting here now have experienced love like that from folk in your community who did not have their own children. But they loved you enough to share in your life. You benefited from that. In fact, that's why God didn't allow them to have no children. But he gave them something else. He gave them resources that they shared with you. They were mature enough to understand that. I know y'all want me to sit down right now, but there's a reason God got me talking to you this morning. Yeah, because we cursorily talk about love, but we don't sacrifice love. Let's go there for a minute. See, we talk about easy love. We talk about love that don't really take nothing from us. We talk about love where I don't have to sacrifice. Yeah, I start giving donations, and I don't really even miss the donation that I give to somebody. It amounted like three Starbucks that I drink in the week. I haven't really cut into my own comfort when I'm giving somebody something, it doesn't hurt me. But that's not the example that heaven gave us. Yeah, heaven gave us sacrificial love. Yeah, God gave till it hurt. My question to you is, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to give and give up something when you give it? Are you willing to do that? Do you think that somebody else's welfare means enough that you can do without a new pair of boots when you give them something? Because if we did that, then we'd have a whole lot better community, y'all. And think about this now. I'm going to say this. If I could just get each one of y'all, don't raise your hand if you don't mean it. If I could just get you to think about, think about it. I'm not even asking you to commit to this. Yeah, we love the concept of tithing. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Whether we do it or not is a different thing. But we talk about tithing and we give. But I bet, I bet I could turn this community upside down. This community upside down if I could get every member of this church to tithe 10% of their time to the church. 10%. Just give me 10% of your time on activities in and around this community. That's all I want, just 10%. You can do whatever you want to do with the 90%. I just want 10% of your time on activities that support this church and the community. That's all I want, if you're able. And if you can't get the 10, give me seven. If you can't give me seven, give me five. What I want you to do is commit to giving something Back to the church and say, oh, my time. Now, be careful what you say, because I said 10% of your time. We might not all make the same money, but every year we all get the exact same amount of time. Yeah. An hour on the clock for you is an hour on the clock for me. And all I'm saying is take a clock, count a year, find out what 10% of the time is. It's more than you think. And I'm asking you to commit that to helping in the community. I guarantee you, 
we'll come out at the other end of 22 and this community will be better than it is right now because we would have to work so hard to fill that time. We'd have to work so hard. But there's a challenge right there. Share your love that way. Give me a percentage of time. I'll take the tithe off. Percentage of your time to love and help somebody. Start here. Charity begins at home and spreads abroad. Start right here. Give up some time. And let's see what we can do to make the world a better place. The songwriter said, for you and for me and the entire human race. Jesus loves us. He showed that. Nothing else to ask him to do. But guess what? I am. I'm saying, come back and get me, Lord. <laughs> oh, come back and get me so I can come live. So I can come live with you. My mama used to talk about him. She longed for the day that she could see him. That day came in 1996, September 1st. Mama got to see Jesus for himself. Guess what? I'm looking forward to the day that I can see him for myself. I don't want to hear nobody else tell about it. I want to see him for myself. Yeah, one of these old days, my feet going to strike Zion. Yours will too, if you've accepted him. Are you here? You're going to lay down my heavy burden. Have you accepted him? Here's your opportunity. If you've never accepted the love that God has for you, it's in the form of a man named Jesus. Jesus came and lived for you. He died for you. God resurrected him for you. And I've just tried my best to tell you how much he loves you. The question is, will you accept that? If you've never accepted that before, here's an opportunity for you. You come to leaders and elders of the church as a welcoming committee. Today is your day. You've never accepted it. the love. Then now's the time. You can join us. You've been in this church all your life and never accepted him. Today's today. So come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Maybe you're looking for a new church family. You don't have one. And then I ask you to try us today. We're looking for you. We're going to continue trying to love you. The doors of our church are wide open.